This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Our lead story this week, increased vulnerability to atrial and ventricular arrhythmias caused by different types of inhaled tobacco or marijuana products, is in heart rhythm. This study investigated the cardiovascular effects of exposure to tobacco smoke, vape aerosol, heated tobacco products, marijuana smoke, THC-free marijuana, and a placebo. Rats were exposed to a single five-minute session, five days a week, for two months, which the study authors judged to be similar to a single smoking or vaping session a day. The study found that both atrial fibrillation and ventricular tachycardia were more easily induced in all non-control groups. A decrease in microvessel density and severe interstitial fibrosis was seen on histology from all non-control groups. The authors conclude that all tobacco products, including vaping and marijuana, carry substantial risk of cardiac disease. Next is a study in PLUS One titled Cannabis Use in Pregnancy and Maternal and Infant Outcomes Following the recent legalization of cannabis in Canada, this population-based study investigated the effects of prenatal cannabis use on maternal and newborn outcomes modified by infant sex. The prevalence of cannabis use in the studied cohort was approximately 2%. The study found that prenatal cannabis use increased the likelihood of preterm birth, low birth weight, small for gestational age, and major congenital anomalies with prenatally exposed female infants showing evidence of increased susceptibility. A new article in the Journal of General Internal Medicine is titled Outcomes of Patients with Opioid-Related Diagnoses and Acute Coronary Syndrome. Although epidemiological studies point to increased risk of acute coronary syndrome in opioid users, in-hospital management and outcomes are unknown for this population when presenting with acute coronary syndrome. Using the National Inpatient Sample Database, this study found that compared to patients without opioid-related diagnoses who presented with the syndrome, patients with opioid-related diagnoses were younger with fewer cardiovascular risk factors. Yet, in-hospital mortality was higher in patients with opioid-related diagnoses presenting with acute coronary syndrome. Patients with opioid-related diagnoses were more likely to experience in-hospital cardiac arrest and less likely to undergo coronary intervention. Next, we have an article in Addiction Science and Clinical Practice titled Availability of Medications for Opioid Use Disorder in Outpatient and Inpatient Pharmacies in South Florida. This study found that only 38% of outpatient pharmacies in Florida had buprenorphine in stock, and only 55% of those without buprenorphine were willing to order it. The study also found a significant difference in availability by county. 88% of inpatient pharmacies had buprenorphine, but 55% placed restrictions beyond federal regulations. The most common restriction applied to providers of specific specialties. The authors conclude that there are significant pharmacy-related barriers to treatment of opioid use disorder. A new article in Drug Science, Policy, and Law is titled The United Kingdom Psychoactive Substances Act 2016. Where are we now? The Psychoactive Substance Act prospectively banned newly synthesized chemicals with psychoactive effects in the United Kingdom. 
In this review, the author summarizes changes in sales and mortality due to novel psychoactive substances, though the author does note significant limitations in the data. The study found a clear decrease in open sales of novel psychoactive substances after the implementation of the PSA. However, the study also noted that there was a shift to street-level and online sales, the effects of which were harder to capture. Furthermore, the study found an initial decrease in deaths associated with novel psychoactive substances, but these numbers increased subsequently, potentially due to an increased potency of the substances. The next article, titled Envisioning Minimally Disruptive Opioid Use Disorder Care, is in the Journal of General Internal Medicine. Many U.S. health systems and policies produce unwarranted, inflexible, and punitive practices that create life-threatening barriers to care for people who are struggling with substance use disorders. Minimally disruptive medicine is a framework that focuses on achieving patient goals while imposing the smallest possible burden on their lives. A minimally disruptive opioid use disorder framework could inform improvements in clinical practice, health system redesign, payment reform, and policy change. Our next article is in Alcohol Research Current Reviews, titled NIAAA 50th Anniversary Fest Drift, from the editor. The National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism was created 50 years ago by an act of Congress to conduct health education, training, research, and planning programs for the prevention and treatment of alcohol-related problems. In this editorial, the authors look back at some of the accomplishments in those 50 years. Some of the major accomplishments include advances in an epidemiology of alcohol use, as well as the genetic basis of alcohol use disorder, the effects of alcohol on adolescent brains, the neurobiology of recovery from alcohol use disorder, and behavioral interventions and medications for alcohol use disorder. Our final article, titled Grief at the Heart of the Opioid Overdose Crisis, is in the Journal of Addiction Medicine. The AIDS epidemic provides a framework for understanding the impact of grief in the opioid overdose crisis. Today, many clinicians do not routinely discuss the impact of overdose losses or consider the role of grief in treatment outcomes. Grief places patients at a greater risk of returning to use or losing control over their use, resulting in an increased risk of overdose or suicide. Direct, tangible measures can be implemented, including the brief grief questionnaire, or referral to psychotherapy, or finally, antidepressant medication. The author urges clinicians to heed worsening opioid use disorder by enhancing prevention efforts, titrating medications to avoid cravings, and employing harm reduction strategies. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ACM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and ASIM.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.